0: This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy TV. Well, on Christmas Eve, I've got one word I want you to pay attention to. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verse number 20, the Bible says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. There is a word at the beginning of that that I'm going to take out. And I'm going to see if you pay any attention to it. I'm going to take it out. But while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream. We don't even pay attention to it. I'm going to put the word back in and see if you pay attention to it once it's reinserted. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. One old commentator said this, writing, he said, there is nothing insignificant in the mind of God. You realize that I have a thousand ideas. The the staff laughs at me because I'm always thinking of another idea. Just to be honest, some of the ideas that I have are a little out there. They're a little crazy. They can be a little over the top, and then some of them just don't even matter. But do you realize right now, in the mind of God, number one, God has never had a new thought? Number two, no thought that God has ever had is insignificant. So when God wrote this book, and God gave to Matthew the words for this writing The words that he put in there, he put in there for a reason. So whenever the angel comes out of heaven and he opens up to Joseph and he says, Behold. There has to be a reason why Joseph is told by the angel, Behold. Now, Will, the Bible doesn't mean as much in English to us because English is not the depth of language that Greek is. In the Greek, that word, Behold, It's a little four-letter Greek word, and it literally means edu. The word edu, behold, now people don't get impressed when I read Greek because we're all just a bunch of crazy rednecks, but neither here nor there. The word edu, it literally means stop what you're doing, pay attention to what's going on, you need to hear what I'm about to say. Now, we don't even talk like that. You know, if my father would have said to me, riding down the road, he'd have said, Tyler, stop what you're doing. Pay attention to that over there. You need to know what's going on. I probably, because it would not have caught my attention, I'd have probably just kept on doing what I was doing. So you know what my dad would do riding down the road? My dad would see an animal, or he'd see a, a truck coming down the road, or my dad was a big contractor. He loved, he loved buildings, and he loved houses, and he'd see something going up. And my daddy would go, whoa, baby. And I knew as soon as my dad said that, he'd say, whoa, baby. And he would see this massive house or this big construction, just something like that. And I knew when my father said that, turn and look. That's what the word "it do" means, behold. It's God's way of saying, hold what you're doing. I got something big I'm about to tell you. Whenever Matthew looks and he says that the angel came to Joseph, he said, now, behold, stop what you're doing, Joseph. I don't want you to miss what I'm about to tell you. So what did he say? Behold. Keep reading. The Bible says in chapter number 1 and verse number 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. There's that word again, behold and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Whenever God was birthing the Lord Jesus, he said, I want the entire world to stop what they're doing and pay attention. Something's about to change. Behold, Emmanuel. Now I'm going to be honest. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If I was God, I'd do things a lot different. But I'm telling you, the ways of God are much better than my ways. So the fact that he wants me to stop what I'm doing and pay attention, and he says, pay attention to this, we're going to call his name Emmanuel. On this Christmas Eve, around the Christmas trees, and with our families, in our church services, or wherever we go, I want you to remember this, Emmanuel. What does that mean? Let me give you three lessons, if you'll let me. Number one, the first thing I want to tell you on Christmas Eve is Emmanuel means God has finally come. For 430 years, they've been waiting on God to come. Before the 430 years back at the end of the Old Testament, for 2,000 years, the Jewish mind had been waiting on God to come. Long before Abraham ever stepped foot on the scene in the early 1700s in the 18th century B.C., the Jewish mind, the people were still waiting on God to come. Ever since Adam was ejected from the Garden of Eden and he walked out and turned around and saw the sword of the flaming cherubim in his hand saying you can no longer be in the presence of God. Man had been waiting on God to come to where he was because man could not get to where God was. They were waiting on God to come. But when the darling Son of God, the loving Lamb of God stepped out of nothing onto the chasm of nothing was birth through the womb of a virgin and they said call his name Emmanuel. Man finally looked up to the heavens and they said God has finally come to where I'm at. I want to talk to somebody right now that wonders where God is at in your life. I want to declare to you God has finally come. I know you're wondering what's happening in your life remember this God has finally come. I know you've got that IV in your arm and that pick line in your chest from cancer but God God has finally come. I know you wonder where that spouse is ever going to come back, but I want to tell you, God has finally come. You may hope that things are going to turn around, but God has finally come. You may not have everything you need financially, but God has finally come. It's time that somebody step back and say things may not get better down here where I'm at, but there's a God that steps into my messed up situation and my messed up life, and God has finally finally come and I declare to you right now, stop what you're doing look around because there is a God that has stepped into your world and God has finally come the second thing God says I want you to remember what you're doing, stop where you're at and pay attention it's not that God has finally come but watch what he says in verse number 23 he says God is with us God is with us. Now, I'm not a smart man. I don't pretend to be a smart man. I really don't want to be a smart man because some of the smartest men I know don't even know how to get in out of the rain. I'm just a common sense guy. But I did go to school one time. I didn't enjoy it, but I went there. In school, we had English, and they taught us about these things called tenses. There's past tense, present tense, and future tense. Will past tense is where I used to be. Future tense is where I'm going to be. But present tense is where I'm at right now. Remember what he says. Emmanuel means God is with us. Is is not a future tense verse. It's not a past tense verse. It's a right now. God's not used to be with me. It don't matter what it used to be. I ain't there no more. It doesn't matter where I'm going to be. Right now, God is with me. God's with me in the cancer house. God's with me in the homeless house. God's with me in the divorced house. God's with me in the shattered house. God's with me in the alone house. God is with me in the forsaken house. God is with me in the I'm not enough house. God is with me on this Christmas Eve in the nobody cares about me house. And wherever you're at right now, God is with you. Don't worry about where you're going to be. Tomorrow may never come. We may never even get to Christmas Day. Right now where you're at, God is with you. The third lesson I want to give to you from that word, behold, is this. God has come to dwell with you. When it said, Emmanuel, God is with us, that word with us, that phrase, it's got the idea of not building a tabernacle. You see, God doesn't build us a house. God doesn't build us a house off on the hillside somewhere with massive columns and an ivory throne and a a tile floor. God doesn't do that. You see, God doesn't build us a house on this earth, our house that God builds in heaven, but God doesn't build us a house down here, so what does God do? God doesn't make us a house down here. He comes into the house you're at and He makes it better. You know, we have a lot of people that look at marriages and they say, you know what the best thing to do? Is to walk away from this marriage. God's not interested in making you another marriage down the road. God wants to walk into the marriage you got right here. God's not interested in giving you some child over there that you don't have to deal with this kid anymore. God's interested in walking into that messed up child's life and being with you there. God's not interested in going into that church and giving you a church a hundred miles down the road that's better than the one you've got. Sometimes God walks into the broken church and He sits down with the hurting pastor and He says, I'm going to sit down and build my house with you. You know, sometimes God's not even interested in us having a bigger business over there. and Sometimes God wants to come into the mess you got here and say, God is with us. Why does that matter? Well, we love to impress people. I like to impress people. You like to impress people. You like having a house that people go into. There's nothing more embarrassing than somebody showing up at your house unannounced and the sink is that high full of dishes and there's clothes laid all over the floor. The kids have colored on every wall. You would be absolutely embarrassed. And the first thing you do when that person comes in is you look at them and you say, I'm sorry, we've just been running all, we ain't had any time to clean. As if they couldn't tell. They figured that one out pretty quick, you know. You're just so embarrassed that somebody has seen what you really are. And all you care about is when they leave what are they going to think about you? But what about down deep in the recesses of this house? What about down deep in the recesses of this tabernacle? If the people besides you found out what you were really like down here, you'd be really embarrassed. I would be. If people could unwrap the siding of my soul and peer through the studs of my existence, I'd be ashamed at what they saw. But... Do you know who came to live in this house? Jesus Christ. And He knows everything I'm at. My mama would, would come over to my wife. My wife is not, she is not one that gets upset. But if my mom would come by the house when we first got married, my wife would be mortified. Thinking, you know, she's not a good enough housekeeper, she's not a this, or she's not a that. now, my wife has so learned to trust my mama... When my mama comes over, if there's laundry laying somewhere, if there's normally not, but if there's laundry laying somewhere, i got to say that, there's normally not laundry, Steve, but if there was, you know what my wife would do? Because she knows my mother's heart. She'd say, Debbie, if you don't mind, if you'll do some of that laundry while I'm gone and clean up some of that, you know why? She's learned that my mother didn't come to judge her. She came to help her. You can trust God. You don't have to worry about cleaning up your life for Jesus to be impressed by you. He says, stop what you're doing. Behold. I know all about you, and I've not come to embarrass you. I've come to help you with the mess. And I don't know where you're at on Christmas Eve. And I don't know what you're dealing with in your home. And I don't know the mess you're trying to keep hidden away. But Jesus has come today. And wherever you're at, whatever you're dealing with, right now could be the moment when you say yes to Jesus and He begins to clean up your life. Why don't you call upon the name of the Lord now? And wherever you're at, you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to save me. Come into my heart. Live inside of me. Take over me. I want to follow you all the days of my life. I'm tired of running. You can do that right now. These ladies are going to sing in just a second. But before that they do, I want to pray with you. And while I pray, you pray. And call upon the name of the Lord. Father, it's in the name of Jesus. On this Christmas Eve, in this place where they are. The man or the woman listening right now, Holy Spirit of God, go to where they are. Change them. Go into their lives and rearrange them. Let them know they can trust you. In the magnificent name of Jesus I pray. Amen.